Hi there, everyone. Bob Matthews here with another edition of my Takedown Talk podcast. And with me today, someone probably all of you know, and uh, you read his great stories and feature stories and articles and uh, wrestling summaries. It's Tom Hausnick of the Morning Call, senior sports writer. And Tom and I become good buddies over these last several years because of wrestling and other sports. And just an all-around great guy. We're both King's College graduates, although Tom's a little younger than me. And we both were uh, communications majors at King's. And Tom, it's always good to uh, to see you and hang out with you. And uh, I know that you work crazy, crazy hours in wrestling and football and covering all these different sports. Is it taking a toll on you or you're holding up fairly well? Well, as you know, wrestling is a season about maintaining your weight. I don't main, maintain mine very well in wrestling season. Mine, go, <laughs> mine goes up while the kids go down. So uh, usually by March I get myself back under. But uh, it's, it's always a fun time. It makes winter go by a lot faster, believe me. It's a lot of fun. All right, Tom, so now you grew up in the Wilkes-Barre area, and uh, were you a ball player back then? Did you play you know, baseball, basketball, football, wrestling? Were you, were you an athlete back then? Uh, I was all three, but football, baseball, basketball, much to my father's disappointment. Uh, he told me long after college, he said, I always wanted you to run track, I wanted you to wrestle, and I wanted you to run cross country. He never told me that until after I was done with college. So uh, kind of made me feel bad that I didn't at least try one of my dad's sports, but uh, you know, I learned my lessons the hard way. Now, you just started covering wrestling about, what, five or five years ago, right? I saw you out at States, and we were talking a little bit, and you're like, yeah, I just started covering wrestling, and that was my, you know, your first season at that time, and you did a heck of a job. Oh, thanks. It was, yeah, you, I was uh, <clears throat> thrown into it in 2017, which would have been the Nazareth-Becca state final and teams that went down to criteria, and I thought, if this is what every year is going to be like, this is going to be a lot of fun, um, a lot of hard work. Um, but got to meet a lot of great people that first year who really opened their doors for me and uh, made my job easy and made me want to go to work every day. And it's been a great six years so far. Now, with you, I know that you had covered the Iron Pigs and, um, of course, the Phillies and all these professional sports as well. If you had to compare, do you like the high school, college, or professional sports scenes better? Which, what's your favorite? Hmm. As, a, as a rule of thumb, I would say the high schools are a lot more fun because – especially speaking from the wrestler's standpoint. There has always been an open door. Um, they let you into their hearts, their minds, their, their practice rooms um, uh, from day one. I still remember the first wrestling interview I did in the 2016-17 season. I went to Nazareth, and I sat on the floor outside the wrestling room with Dave Kroll, and he didn't know me from Adam. Uh, he sat there for 45 minutes and answered every question I had, no matter how silly it might have sounded, um, no matter how insignificant it might have been he never made me feel bad um and from that point on i've never had a bad experience uh these six years of wrestling so that has always made me feel good that i've had this opportunity um i've never been one to speak up much in our newsroom um, but at the time the year before i had spoken up and said that hey look i think our wrestling coverage needs to be better um this is supposed to be the best wrestling area in the, in the entire united states and we had gone through some tr- transitions with some personnel. And at the time, I was covering uh, college basketball. Uh, but I would just notice that, hey, we're getting our butts kicked by some of our competition, and I think we need to do more. Can, how can I help? Well, a couple months later, they said, okay, you're the wrestling writer. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> we've, we've always had two wrestling writers because this area you know, has been so great to cover. We've always had two. And I said, nope, you're it. And it's like, okay, so let's go, let's go see how this works out. And uh, like I said... Uh, I've met a lot of great kids, a lot of great coaches, um, some wonderful parents. Uh, it's been a great experience so far. 
Now, for you covering high school sports, a lot of those uh, events are at night. You have some weekend events like the tournaments and things like that and Saturday afternoon football games, but a lot of the wrestling matches and basketball games and football games are usually Friday nights or Thursday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever. Is that really tough on you schedule-wise? Uh, it is difficult, um, especially now that I have a seven-year-old, and she wants to know where I'm going all the time and why I have to go. Um, so those are uh, difficult conversations sometimes. But you know, she's she's come to me to some wrestling practices. Um, she's got to see what you know it's all about. She's she's one of those kids that wants to try a lot of things. But at least now she has an understanding of what Daddy does to a, uh, to a certain extent. But um, Again, you have to make sacrifices. Everybody does, uh, depending on what your job is. But you know, nights and weekends is what I signed up for, you know, thirty plus years ago. So um, that's not going to change now. I really, I mean, I don't miss. How I say this? I don't. Uh, I miss the family time. Um, but if I'm going to do it, I, I want to be doing it with something I enjoy doing. And like when I go to Escape the Rock this weekend, I'm looking forward to that tournament. Uh, I can't wait to see how our local teams do against some of the nation's best wrestlers. That's something that, you know, every year when I look at these tournaments, I'm like, I, I count down the days until these happen. So, um, yeah, again, it's a sacrifice, and my family's made tremendous sacrifices over the years for me. So at least they're doing it for knowing that I'm having a good time doing what I'm doing, and I really do. And the nice thing is you talk about this being a wrestling hotbed, you know, in and around the Lehigh Valley, and we were blessed with coverage from Brad Wilson and Josh Folk and Gary Blockus and you now who uh, has really stepped up and stepped in and really appreciate all the, all of you guys for your coverage and, and your in-depth features, and, and I, I love it. On Twitter or Facebook, wherever it appears, Tom's wrestling page, Tom Melling, probably one of the greatest people I've ever met, just such a nice man. And it's just... I think that whole wrestling vibe carries over whether you wrestled or not, and you can meet wrestlers or talk to wrestlers. You get to really see what it's all about from the human side of things. And one of the, gosh, I've been able to um, have Coach Steve Powell, former Easton coach on my podcast, Dave Prohl, and people like that. I'm going to probably line up Matty Veers down the road. But I learned so much when I talk to them, Tom. They're, they're, they're just like, walking books of knowledge when it comes to wrestling and, and life lessons. No question. And again, sometimes all I have to do is say hello or just ask a general question and the information just flows. And again, they're not tooting their own horn. Most of these guys you mentioned, it's all about the kids. Um, you know, I still enjoy every time I see Steve Powell. You know, again, I wasn't there for the glory years when they're going all over the country and Easton's kicking butt at Reno or wherever the heck they're going and they're having a great time and they're they have a great program. I wasn't there for Northampton's glory years in the 90s with Don Roan and and uh, everybody else. I mean, it's just I missed all that, but they don't treat me like I'm an outsider, yeah. um, which, again, I can't say how appreciative I am uh, from day one. You know, it took a little while for, for Don Roan to warm up because that's Don Roan. He still looks at you know he still looks at you with that crazy eye like you know <laughs> you're, don't piss me off but uh, I know. he's 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 a wonderful guy he's great to talk to and now he's you know his grandkids are starting to come through the system of Saucon Valley so you just it's like another generation of that 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 tough mentality that you like but when it comes time to, to um, doing stories on these kids they just open up whether it's the coaches or the kids and that's just great um, I, I couldn't be couldn't be more thankful that makes my job easier. Right. And again, everybody knows what happens on the mat. It's getting inside the heads and the hearts of these kids and the coaches and sometimes the scorekeepers or whoever, the assistant coaches. And these people have really been just, just wonderful to deal with. I've written some, you know, some of the most fun stories I've ever written have been in the last six years, so I've been very blessed. 
And you talk about Don Road many years ago when I was doing high school football for WSBG up in the Poconos. We came down to cover Northampton, and Mike Schneider was the athletic director, and Don Rune, who was the wrestling coach at the time, was my halftime guest. And I remember watching him when he wrestled for Hellertown growing up, and he was always one of my idols. And interviewing him, I was nervous because, <laughs> like you said, Don can be pretty intense, you know, but it was a great interview and something, you know, I'll always remember. And I'm sure you've come across interviews like that, too, where you look at these people who are legends and you talk to them and you're like, wow, you know, and then you get to get inside their head and their brain a little bit. It makes you, I guess it kind of uh, develops a whole new perspective or different perspective of that individual. No question. I mean, I, 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 I joke, but I'm, I'm serious when I... When I see uh, Steve Powell and, and Barry Snyder, and I'll say, look, when am I playing golf with you? I just want to have a round of golf with the two of you, watch the two of you go at each other, <laughs> and then hear some of the wrestling stories from the days I missed because if I'm going to catch up, I'm going to catch up through their eyes. Um, but that's that's the kind of relationships that I've been you know, blessed to, f- to form pretty darn quickly yeah. from a guy who not only is not from the Lehigh Valley, but I didn't cover wrestling one bit until – you know, six or seven years ago when I would fill in once in a while mm. doing a regional tournament or a district tournament. And, again, I just – it's amazing how, you know, inclusive I felt right from the get-go. And I knew from, you know, November of 2016 when I started doing these interviews and going to different schools in the preseason, that it was just like, okay, maybe Dave Kroll was the exception. And then I went to, you know, Northampton and Seth Lisa, again, Northampton grad. He's got all the stories. He married an Eastern cheerleader. And it's like – great great guy and you know kids are great and then i just went from one to the other and then eventually you know Sagan valley and chad shirk and you know he and i have some some familiarity with district four because he's from there and i worked there at, at one point so there's always a way to connect but it always happens so easily yeah. and again when you're when you're trying to you know do interviews for stories and and and, and get some background the more you have to to work at it the better chance you are going to make a mistake or just not get the full story. Right. Here, all I have to do is kind of ask, you know, and these, these people are just been willing to help. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out like dozens of names, but, you know, I've been in every wrestling room, I think, of the 38 schools we cover, except maybe one or two. So that's on my, my short list. But every coach has just right. been great to deal with. Again, even if they don't like what I write or even if they don't like me, they know that they're the face of their program, and it's their job to kind of put their, you know, put their program out there. If I'm taking the time to come to your wrestling room to do a story, you know, do what you can to get the you know the good word out about your program because that's I'm not looking for a negative story. I'm not looking for um, to dig dirt on somebody or get somebody in trouble. Again, fortunately, that hasn't happened much at all. But these 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 guys and the kids have been great. I mean, the story I'm working on this week that will soon come out. Um, again, I just keep thinking, like, I can't meet another nice kid, but yet this one here, he was just, you know, wonderful. And again, until this year, he didn't really know who I was. You know, he was a part-time wrestler at a prominent program, and, you know, we talked maybe once or twice, And but like, then he just, you know, he opens up, and, and you know, it just, it's just wonderful to be able to write these stories. Right. And there's so many of them out there I wish I can get to, to get to more, but I've been able to do so many because of, I've had the access. Yeah, and you and I, we met at State several years back, and, and we formed a friendship, and then you saw how I was with my buddy Kevin Hardy, and we're both, you know, we kill each other when it comes to not complimenting and busting each other's chops, and it was just fun. And then we got to know you a little more and a little better, and then, of course, Brad Wilson and the whole group. And it's just so much fun to cover the sport 
with people like yourself and Brad and, and Josh and these kinds of people because they're such good people, you know, and we all relate on certain levels. And then that love of wrestling kind of all brings us together. And you're talking about stories that have popped up over the years, like the feud between the Karen brothers, you know, when Liberty would wrestle freedom and then, you know, those kinds of things. And then when he went to Becca and, it, and it's just those are fun stories. And then you hear the Steve Powell stories about his robberies, and then he followed, you know, um, he and Dave coached together and all these kinds of things. And, and it's just so interesting when you start to dig in depth and see what motivates these, these coaches and, and these kinds of people to take it to the next level. But what I like about the people like the Carams and the Pals and the Shirks and the Veers and, you know, the, the Krolls, they, they not only teach kids how to be better wrestlers, but how to be better men and better young ladies and better off the mat. Which, I, which I'm sure you see day in and day out. That, that, is, that is a really neat thing to see because I like to think if I had a son who was coming up through the high school level that they would be fortunate enough to be coached by some of these. Um, I did go to Wilson's wrestling room uh, earlier this year where Jeremy Hartram, the all-time uh, career wins leader there. That's a great hire. He, fantastic. I, I was so happy. Uh, it was a no-brainer, but you just you, know, you never know. And it was, it was so glad to see him get a chance to be a head coach after being an assistant for a while. And um, I, well, I got there toward the end of a practice, and he was just leaning against the wall with his other assistant coaches, and the kids were on the mat facing him, and they just started um, telling the stories. Like they, they would raise their hand, and there was a format, and it was your idol, your biggest moment, and your biggest regret, something like that. And so this was established that they did this after every practice, and it was – Jeremy's way of doing a couple things. One, it was getting to know all these kids on, on, on a different level and getting them to understand that we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from, from different uh, social, economic uh, situations. Um, but in here, we're all, we're all equal, and we're all, we're all together. This is a team, even though it seems like this is just an individual sport. And uh, I know that uh, Dave Kroll does that at, at Nazareth. Um, some of the, the conversations they just sit down and have at the end of practice and I'm thinking these kids probably just want to get out of here go take a shower go home do their homework or go hang out with their friends but they've extended these practices they've because they've just been so engaged in these conversations and again that's what it's all about I mean these kids get to, to know each other on a different level they, their friendships grow um, and obviously their relationship strengthens with their coaches there's a there's a trust factor there that goes both ways and that's as important as anything I've seen from you know state championships or you know technique or whatever you talk about to see that kind of thing going on in the wrestling room is really really inspiring it's good to see you know and and you cover it from uh, the journalistic standpoint the writing standpoint I cover it from the broadcasting standpoint and when you get to know these kids on a deeper level and we're supposed to remain unbiased and we do in our reporting but when you get to know these kids on a deeper level you root for them and you pull for them I mean I could run off probably sit here take up the whole podcast running off all the names of all these kids who I've really gotten behind over the years just because they're such good kids you know boys and girls Lily sure first young lady I ever interviewed my first um, female wrestler I interviewed from Delaware Valley what a great kid and then she I think she's still um, her boyfriend's Ed Scott who went down to North Carolina State was a heck of a wrestler in Pennsylvania state champ and it's just you know how how like um you throw that rock in the water and you watch how it ripples and then it just keeps going out and out and out. Same thing with us. I mean, the more kids and young people and coaches you get to know, the more we expand that, that, that base or, or those wrestling horizons. And there's, there's nothing better. There really isn't. No, there's no question. I mean, every year at States, the individual States, 
I want every one of my kids to win. Yeah, me too. That I'm covering. I mean, yes, it makes for an easier story, but when you know what they've gone through to get to that point, and some of them have gone through more than others, um, you just hope it has a happy ending. Um, And I believe it was last year or the year before, and Nazareth and Bethlehem Catholic, between the two of them, had 11 kids wrestling for medals. And they went 11-0 and 0 combined on a Saturday. So that means everybody won their last match. Everybody took that odd, odd medal match, which is obviously the goal. And to think how difficult it must have been for all of them to do that. Because everybody wants to win. And there's a kid wrestling for fifth or seventh, and his heart's still there. Yeah. Um, and you, you pull for them. And, and I remember even watching uh, last year's state final, uh, Jagger Condominium in Northampton. And you know, I got to know him. From yeah, doing a couple fit. stories yeah, and, and obviously, you know, going to do great things hopefully at Nebraska. And to watch his semifinal and final, I couldn't imagine what it must have been felt like for his father and mother to watch that because <laughs> the year before he had two matches where he had looked like he was dead in the water just to get to the final, and he somehow pulled them both out. And then in the final, he has the heartbreaking loss to shocking another kid from District 11, uh, Cole Hanlevick, in, in a great uh, final. So this year I'm thinking, okay. He almost doesn't win the semifinal. He's the number one kid in the state. That would just, uh, I'm starting to, you know, starting. I'm Get like, that lump in your throat. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, you know. And of course, he found a way to to win the semifinal. Okay, in the final, he's he's dead in the water. He's down two with less than ten seconds left. He's nowhere. He's not been close to scoring on this kid. And he, he pulled off a move, and it's like, wow, here we go to overtime. Low ankle. Yeah. yeah, the chill. Just again, I want all, all the kids to win, but. The chill just went through you, and it's like, wow, this is awesome to watch. And you start thinking about, um, you know, the commitment level these kids put in. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, like others, could have just quit and realized that his dream had, you know, he'd fallen short and he was going to be second place. But and then to watch him win in overtime was just an awesome, awesome thing. But that's just one of like how many things. I mean, it was great to watch um, Notre Dame last year, um, and Brett Ungar was given no chance. Um, if he, kid, if yeah. he, yeah, again. Really nice kid, and again, circumstances kind of divided the Lehigh Valley on what they thought about him. But they did, it wasn't about him, the person. Which that was, I was glad to be writing about him, the person. Right. And to watch him not only win the semifinal, but win the final against both kids who they thought, okay, maybe he eats one of them, but he doesn't beat both of them. And for him to beat, you know, Steen uh, from Reynolds, and then to turn around and beat the the standout freshman from Bishop McCourt, in like dramatic fashion yeah, Gibson, and it, was, yeah. it was right in front of me and I'm like I just couldn't believe that what yeah, just what just right? happened yeah. like the place was like didn't know what didn't know how to react they forgot that it was you know a Notre Dame kid against against this this prized freshman who is a by all yeah. by all accounts a wonderful kid yeah, too brother, yeah, both they're both kids. both yeah. stand-up kids and both really good wrestlers and just like that was like another moment that if you give me a top 10 or 15 when my career is over that's going to be one of them Jagger Condomini's final is going to be another one. Um, the Nazareth Becca team championship, state championship back in 2017 goes amazing. down to criteria. Yep. And again, they weren't all all state kids, but they they battled so hard for their kids, for for their school, and for their teammates. And I mean, it, nobody left anything on the mat. Those were just epic matches. And again, these are all District 11 kids doing things, great things on the state stage. And it was just, I'm like. Man, I'm here, yeah. you know. And you know, watching Spencer Lee's last match again, not the, up against the Santa. That was amazing. Not, <clears throat> not the way that everybody thought his career was going to end, but obviously the kids, you know, wrestling on one leg. But you know, watching his career was just was awesome. You know, and I go back to when I first started covering wrestling, and I saw 
Jabbar Billman wrestle, and I saw some of the some of the greatest kids, Kerry Kolat, ever come out of the state. It's just it's just a cool atmosphere, and to think that like I've got a front row seat for this, like I'm getting paid for this. I know I'm missing a weekend with with my family, but if I'm going to miss the weekend, I might, at least I'm having this much fun, oh, yeah. and I'm in it. It's just it's a blast. And then you know you talked about relationships among us and, and and other other folks on press row. I've met some really great people there too. I mean, you know, it wasn't more than a couple years ago. Uh, Dustin Hawkinsmith from uh, the Harrisburg Patriot News and whatever else they call themselves now, and he comes up to me out of the blue. I don't know him; he doesn't know me, and he, you know, he struck up the conversation, and you know, we've become good friends. And you know, he's got a nine-year-old daughter. You know, I got a seven-going-on eight-year-old daughter, so we have we have a connection there. We talk about that. We joke about each other, and you know, that re- that relationship would have never happened yeah. if if it weren't if we weren't sitting on press row together. So, um, you know, those are there's a lot of relationships to value in, in all aspects of of my job, and it's just it's it's been wonderful. Yeah, and you bring that up, and I remember I met Brad Wilson down at the NCAA Wrestling Championships when they were in Philadelphia, and Brad and I struck up a conversation, and we became buddies, and then, you know, still really good friends to this day, you know, and I got to get Brad on here to uh, be a guest with my podcast or on my podcast one of these days as well, and uh, he's a character, and you want to talk about an encyclopedia of wrestling in Pennsylvania and New Jersey? Brad Wilson, boy, he, he knows that stuff off the top of his head. He's like the wrestling encyclopedia you know, encyclopedia in this area. So uh, hopefully you can get to see Brad very soon. But you're talking about wrestlers, you know, who you liked and really followed over the years. I was always a big, I became a big Ryan Anderson fan back in the day. He was like the Energizer Bunny, right? Well, this past weekend I got to see him when Binghamton wrestled Lehigh, and Ryan and I got to talk for a couple of minutes. Great kid. Marcus Branford of Wilson, same thing. You know, I love that I get to still keep in touch with these kids. Uh, uh, Blaine Wilson. And, uh, you know, Nazareth, and he was a great interview. And then Brad Ungar, I got to interview him with my podcast on my podcast last year after he won the state championship. And for him, it meant so much to be the first young man in the area to win a New Jersey state championship and a Pennsylvania state championship. And like you said, the way he did it was amazing. And he's just the nicest kid. He's going to Cornell, unfortunately. But I told him, I said, look, I get to see you and Gibson and all these kids that go to Cornell when they come to wrestle Lehigh, you know, so that right. that's a fun thing for me. So it, it's just so much fun to just continue to follow these young men and young ladies as they advance through the college ranks as well. No question. You go back to Brad Wilson. Uh, he and I had met uh, doing other sports throughout the years, track. I think we did a bunch, some, some high school football. <clears throat> but then here I was walking into wrestling where, you know, he had been here for 15 years at that point, uh, covering District 11 and New Jersey and you know Phillipsburg, which again, uh, I, I can't, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait for Easton Peaburg this year. Oh, it's gonna be great and at the pit. I mean, uh, an Easton grad coach in Phillipsburg, they got their thousands win. I mean, that's gonna be a great atmosphere. But anyway, so here I am walking in, knowing that not only do I have all these coaches with a lifetime of experience and knowledge, and then there's Brad, and I'm taking over, essentially going back from Ted Mikesell, who oh, had been Ted. doing it for generations. I remember <clears throat> my first wrestling experience back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, came down to Liberty High School for regionals. And, I mean, it was my first experience seeing thousands of people in, a, in the stands and just, like, into a tournament from... Losing their minds. <laughs> from, from moment one in the morning until, you know, late evening and then coming back the next day and just seeing the, 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 you know, the Nazareth people here and the Northampton people here and the Easton people here. And it was just, that was my first exposure. And then I, you know, press row, there's Ted with a cigarette in his hand yep. holding court because 
he knows everything and he knows everybody. No. So when I took over this this beat, I'm thinking, look, I can't be Ted, and I don't have the knowledge yet of of Brad and some others who were on this beat going looking across the state. And all I can do is tell these people stories, and you know, be where I'm supposed to be. So <clears throat> after about two months that first year, Ted who is now passed, uh, God love him. God he had a lot, of, lot of, a lot of health injuries or health uh, issues his last several really years. He was a baseball player. That's, and that's, that's the first time I ever had a conversation with him. Even though he had retired before I came down here, I saw him. We were playing softball. It was a, you know, some softball tournament. And, man, he was a good third baseman. Yeah. Cigarette in his, man, in his mouth at third base. <laughs> you know, he was old school. Old school. Yeah. So he would hold court on press row on, you know, during breaks. And I'm like, who the heck, you know, here I am 20 something years old, barely in the business. And I'm like, who is this guy that everybody's talking to? And, he, and they're, when they talk, it's really, he, he's talking you and, and you listen. Him. And it's one of those people in there. Yeah. Him, and yeah. so it's like, okay, maybe I should just listen. Even if I just eavesdrop, I'm probably going to learn more by just listening than if I, you know, walk away from that situation. And so I did for the first couple of years. I'm thinking, why are all my guys from my district getting their butts kicked by District 11? And so anyway, so as time goes by and I'm on this beat for a couple months, I get I start getting regular emails from Ted. And he was very complimentary. He said, you know, doing a great job or I love this story or, you know, what you're doing with this and that. And he was always super supportive. And for, for me to think back and I waited, it was like 20 years ago where – I was the one looking up to you, and you were doing such a phenomenal job covering this crazy area. Um, so to have any kind of positive feedback from him that I didn't ask for, like he sought he sought me out, which again that meant as much to me as anything else what he was saying. But those those emails came regularly until he passed, and I thought I, I just wish I could bottle them all up. And uh, but I always try and remember things he said, like. And I look back, I go back after he would say something about something I wrote, and I'd go back and look at stuff he wrote. And I'm thinking, why is he so complimentary to me? I mean, he really... He was great. He, and, he, and again, between it wasn't just like he'd cover the matches and he wrote the previews. And again, people love the previews and they love the predictions. And they want to know, like, who's going to wrestle here and who might do this and switch, you know, and bump up or whatever. He, he wrote these other stories. And I, re- I remember reading one he wrote about Don Roan and about some of the stuff he had overcome. Um, health-wise, all through his high school and college career, and which led him to be you know, the great coach that he is. And I'm thinking, man, you have a laundry list of stuff that you've done that is just phenomenal. And you know, the fact that you're complimenting me on anything I've written, I was, I was just super appreciative. So, um, again, there's, some, there's still some old-timers on Press Row that have been doing this consistently for 30, 40 years. And, you know, again, they've been very welcoming, and it's just been a great experience. I, I keep saying that, but it's like, you know, I can't wait until districts, regional states, where you start to see some of these different guys on a regular basis. Because right now it's just, you know, you're in your own little world uh, until you start seeing the other schools coming in from the other districts, the other areas of the state. You don't get to see these guys. You just kind of read them or watch them on you know, their podcast or whatever. So right. it's, it's just been a great experience. Um, you know, earlier in the week I did another podcast with Jeff Upson from PA Power Wrestling. And here's a another kid. Another great guy. Yep. Yeah, a guy from Central PA. Uh, again, he wasn't a state champ wrestler but just had the passion for it. And even though he's got a career and he's got a wife and he's got a child, he came up with this great idea to have this, 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 this wonderful website. And it's just kind of grown. And, you know, he's gotten a lot of help from other people uh, in the wrestling world who, uh, who help him. And I'm thinking, you know, 
we've gotten he and I have gotten to be pretty good friends. I don't see him as much now because he's not doing as much traveling because he's got a little one at home. Yeah. Um, but you know, enjoy the conversation. So we can, you know, the the dinner or you know, the concession stand food for twenty minutes when you have a break to have these conversations with with people has just been it's been a lot of fun. And again, this is not something that I experienced in my previous uh, journalism life and other papers. So this has been a lot of fun. When we were in Cleveland a couple of years ago covering the NCAA wrestling tournament, I was sitting at the table with Jeff Upson and, and Tom Elling, and oh my God, it was such a fun and interesting conversation, you know, back and forth because Tom, like I said, he's the guru of wrestling in Pennsylvania. He wrote the handbook, you know, he knows the history. And then Jeff, I didn't realize Jeff was a police officer. I thought he just did the PA Power Wrestling website. So it's so neat to like get into the heads and learn more about these guys. And then so much as you were saying, that you learn from people. I learned from people over the years. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a sports journalist, and I learned from Ed Laubach and Gene Beckner and people like that. And it, and it's just those relationships are invaluable. You know, I wouldn't trade those for the world and the relationships I've been able to build with people like Kevin Hardy and the wrestlers and the coaches and yourself. It's just it, it's the it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, well, I remember the first time. You and Kevin and I sat down. It was before a Nazareth match, Nazareth Northampton, I believe, like five years ago. And I thought, I'm just going to say hi, guys, and stop talking. Because there's nothing that I can bring to the table right now that is more or of equal value than what I'm going to hear from you two. So, um, but again, you guys, you know, I didn't know Kevin from Adam until that moment. And it just felt like we were friends immediately. And I, again, that was just weird because a lot of times in our business, in the journalism business, not just sports, everybody has their own little corner of the world and they don't want to let people in it uh, or they, it's very territorial. And that's, that's what I was used to. And, and me, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm competitive, incredibly competitive, whether I'm competing, playing a sport or whether I'm a Yankees fan, I'm a Mets fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I don't have to say much. All I have to say is 27. But anyway, <laughs> I have to say two. <laughs> my, my daughter just said, no, she's last night at dinner. She just said, dad, how many Yankees, how many championships the Yankees have won? I said, 27 more than any other professional sports team. Okay. So that's what I was used to. Even in covering like high school sports, I would see other writers just kind of be like, you know, this is my area, stay away from me, or I don't want to get to know you type thing, or, or just have that confrontational thing. And I'm like, look, we are competing papers or competing outlets, whatever you want to say, but the bottom line is we're still human beings. Right. You have a job to do, I have a job to do, but let's at least be friendly about it. And never have I experienced more of that openness than I have with wrestling the last yeah. six years here. And, again, it's, it, it's, it's not limited to, you know, okay, Morning call and express times were competition. Well, you know, Brad's come under some some difficult uh, health issues the last couple of years. You know, and when he's been able to try and make events or tournaments, like I'll be a chauffeur. Yeah. yeah. This weekend, I'm I'm giving him. You know, tonight I'm giving him a ride back to his hotel from the Saucon Valley Notre Dame match. Awesome. And you know, I'm driving him home from Escape the Rock. Like I, I could never think like, well, wait, this is my competition, and if I don't give him a ride, maybe he won't make it. That's that's like a crazy thought. That's not. That's dehumanizing. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, terrible. Yeah. Um, and again, I would help out anybody who needed a ride, whether they were with, no matter who they're with, right. and no matter how well I knew them, as if they, if I knew they needed help. But that's 
it's been made easier because that's how people have treated me. And uh, it's and been fun. think of all the stories and stuff you'll hear and learn, you know, and Brad, Brad has so many. You know, you hear some new stuff coming back from Escape the Rock, you right. know. It, when, I'm trying to think, it was two or three years ago, we're sitting at regionals uh, at Liberty, and for the first day, you're, you know, two of us are just sitting in the bleachers, and it's terrible very uncomfortable sitting there for 10, 10 12 hours <laughs> My butt a day. Goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the, you're between your back, your neck, your back, your butt, everything. So there was a, a break at one point, and Brad had gone to the bathroom, and Mike Coons. Uh, oh, I've mentioned there's he, another guy. I yeah. love Mike. He's like one of my all-time oh, favorites. I, 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 I miss I miss sitting there with him at these these events too. And he had gone somewhere, and was, I was just sitting there by myself, um, just kind of looking around. And, and Chad Shirk walked by, uh, the Sockin coach, and he's like. Do you guys ever talk while you're sitting there, referring to you know to Brad and I and, and, and Mike? And I'm like, well, we're here for ten to twelve hours. Do you think we're like just completely silent? I said, all I said to him was, well, you you know how it goes, Chad. Uh, he talks and I listen, and I just <laughs> you know I was half serious, but you know, again, Brad's got fifteen more years on me in this area, so that's probably what I should have been doing anyway, especially the first couple of years when. You know, all I can do is do research, but you don't have the visuals right. of all these things, of all these events. Where now, you know, from 2016, I've got all this in my mind. Um, so, you know, the, the the clear picture. So, you know, that's that's basically what happens. Like, you know, Brad and I drove home from the the Beast of the East this year, and it's only about an hour and a half ride from uh, University of Delaware to to his house. Right. Um, but you know, I found out a lot more about. You know, not only wrestling, but you know about his his nephew and 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 his you know his his mom who's had some health issues and now oh, she's doing okay and okay. Um, all these kind you know you just so you get to know them. It's like why wouldn't you take that opportunity? Um, and again, you know, my wife thinks I talk a lot, but she knows that once I leave the house, I don't that much. And so, uh, but I've always found it fascinating to get to know other people, and if they're going to open up about themselves or about what they know. I will certainly reciprocate. It just, I've just been blown away by how easy that's been. So it's been fun. Nobody talks more than me, I don't think. <laughs> but you and I had, you know, before this interview had had lunch, and I talked probably for thirty of the forty minutes, you know. But it's, but that's the way I am. I just love people. I like getting to know people. I like the ins and outs. And with wrestling, you've done such a great job too, and coming up to speed over these last many years. I mean, you're a student of the game and the sport now, and you, your stuff is great, Tommy. I'm not just telling you that because we've become friends. Your stuff is really good. I'm telling you that from an objective standpoint. But there's a bond between wrestlers, whether you weren't that great like me and then somebody who is great. It's just we all relate on that level. You know, there's that bond. If you wrestled, there's that unspoken bond that you guys have. And the same thing for people who you know cover and write and broadcast about the sport. You know, well, it's 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 a huge part of your life if you're doing it the right way. Um, it takes up a lot of hours. Um, you know, people ask like, well, what time do you get at these wrestling tournaments? I said, well, it starts at nine, so I have to, I'll be there by eight, get set up, and you know, brackets, and you start breaking things down. You got to be ready. And you know, what time do you got? Well, ten, eleven o'clock at night, and then back the next morning. Like really, that many hours? Like if you're doing it right. That, that's just my opinion. Yep. Um, I'm not the only one who does it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of good wrestling writers that have gone by the wayside, uh, retired or, or passed away you know, in the last decade. But you know that's just the way it's done. And if you don't enjoy doing that, then you're not going to do just justice to the sport. And you know that I, I found that out right away. 
I thought in <clears throat> 2016, I thought the best way for me to kind of get into this was to go to the go to you know 15, 16 wrestling rooms and get to know these people face oh, to face, and they could at least have a face to put with the name, and then maybe that will make my job easier. And then that was the best decision I ever made. Um, that was not something I don't think we had done. And if we had, it goes way back to the Teddy Michael days. Um, but I thought, they don't know me. They don't know who I am. So I have to at least, it's the best way to introduce myself rather than spend 15 minutes on the phone. Um, and even to this day, and my, you know, God love my wife. She's, she's wonderful. She's a tremendous mom. And she puts up a lot with me. Um, but she's a former journalist, and she, yet she'll still say, do you really have to go to school A to do those interviews? Can't you just do them over the phone? And I said, you know, that's just not how, how it works. That's, that's not the best way to do it, even though now I think everybody knows who I am and can put a name to the face. It's still the best way to do things. And kids are going to feel more comfortable if you're just sitting down in a corner somewhere and, chat. and, and chatting. Yep. Um, again, they may know who you are in a way today things work with social media and everything else. They may not know who you are. They just see your Twitter handle or whatever on Instagram. Um, the best way to do it is just do it face-to-face. And um, I'm not the most social person, but that's still, that's just the way the job has to be. And um, I wouldn't, you know, until I retire, until somebody pushes me out of this job, this is how I'm going to do do what I do, especially with wrestling. It's, uh, again, I despise the winner. I hate I hate this cold weather. <laughs> I want to live where it's warm all the time, but this is this is like the best scenario possible. Is that you know come the second week of November, wrestling practice starts, yeah. and I know what I'm going to be doing every day until the second or third week of March. March. Last year was terrible. I was just going to say how bad was it for you with COVID, the whole COVID with all the postponements? I mean, terrible. There were five wrestling matches I was supposed to broadcast. I got to broadcast one. I mean, I ended up getting COVID very badly, but. COVID had also canceled so many matches because of coaches, you know, coming down with the virus or, or wrestlers or cheerleaders or whatever. It was it was terrible um, to watch Nazareth's only dual meet against Northampton. So you're thinking, oh, this is, this is one you look forward to every year. There's nobody in the stands. It yeah. was just, it was just the wrestling team. There were no cheerleaders, no fans. It was just the wrestlers, the coaches, the referee, the, you know, the, the table help and a couple reporters and it's just like it just didn't feel right yeah. and then you go to districts and we're at parkland and there's no fans crazy man. and there's great matches but there's not there's not that ambience is gone there's nothing there there's not that eastern crowd yelling because they think they got the takedown on the nazareth kid or the northampton kid thinks he decked the becca kid and they didn't give him that there was none of that it was just like man this is great wrestling still but there's no just, there was no atmosphere. There was no feeling, and I'm thinking, this is this is has to make a difference to the kids because, you know how you you, you know you, you feed off that energy off off of off, yeah. It's just it's great, especially when the team atmosphere. And to watch the way the team tournament uh, shaped up last year, that was a that was that was terrible to watch. That, you know, we had no team tournament in District 11. Notre Dame and Bethlehem Catholics agreed to wrestle in the tournament. Bethlehem Catholic didn't have their full lineup, didn't wrestle with any kind of passion. And lost in the first round. That had never happened to me. That was like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be sitting in Hershey in the final watching either one of my teams or both of my AAA teams wrestle against each other. I mean, I've seen Nazareth and Bethlehem Catholic my first year in the state final. Two best teams are from our neighborhood. And then a few years later, it was Northampton and Bethlehem Catholic. That's how I expected it to be every year, at least one of my teams. And now neither one of the teams won imagine yeah, in the state crazy. team tournament you know Notre Dame decided to wrestle their backups most of their backups and I thought 
this was I just couldn't wait for that to be over because I just thought that was not what I signed up for. And, and again, that's not what anybody signed up for. Last year was just uh, an, ab- an aberration. Moment, yeah. It was terrible. Um, and, you know, even now we hold our breath. You know, I've had some matches. Last week I had three of the four places I was supposed to go to. They were postponed. They were shut down. You know, Freedom and Liberty didn't wrestle uh, matches that I was going to go to on, on back-to-back days last week. And Parkland had to cancel its winter duels, which is a good chance to see some really good regional teams. Yeah. Um, so I still hold my breath. It gives you another reason to understand you can't take anything for granted. <clears throat> so, I mean, I can, look at, I can look at my computer and see that I have reservations for Hershey for a week in March, a week in, uh, week in uh, February, and I can look at all these events I'm going to cover, but until I'm in that gym, it hasn't happened yet. And then and last year just kind of really changed things. I'm just hoping that that, uh, that doesn't become the case again. I mean, it was just a shame to watch. I mean, there was still some great wrestling. There was really good wrestling, but so many of our kids were going out there with four, five, six matches. And they're wrestling kids from District 4 and AA who have 40. And District 7, when they get to states, they've got 45 or close to 50. We're all in the same state. We're all dealing with the same issues. And yet District 11 was just so far behind. I think they, I think um, that impact will be felt for another couple of years. Um, it was a combination. The, you know, the West had has an abundance of really, really good kids. And you combine that with the fact District 11 was a little young, and then you throw in the fact that they don't have any matches. It was just it was the perfect storm for the West to dominate, and they did. And you know that still may be a lot of that this year. But I think we have a lot of really good young talent coming around. Bethlehem Catholic's loaded with young kids. Nazareth's got you know sophomore Sean Kinney. Can't say enough about what he did. He doesn't wrestle a varsity match until his first district match. I know that's and not he, right. And he, and he almost beats the number one kid in he's, the state in the state final. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a couple of. Pounds shifting one way or the other from being a state champion as a freshman heavyweight. That's incredible to even think would be possible. And even don't 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 discount and let Noah Okamoto. He did the same thing. He never wrestled a varsity match until districts, and then he makes it as far as he does. I mean, it just those those stories write themselves. But again, I think District 11's still young and growing back to what we expect. But it's 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 great to watch so many of these young kids be you know really good at such a young age and. Again, I haven't seen Bethlehem Catholic wrestle. I can't wait to see them on Saturday. They've got some kids that are just, you know. You know, I've seen Tyler Kasak. He's really good. Yeah. But I've only seen Nate Desmond wrestle at Beast of the East. I haven't seen Colin Rath yet. He's not going to wrestle this weekend. These kids are phenomenal. And those, those last two, they're freshmen. And they're already national, high-ranked kids. District 11 is just fine, but... They just need to wrestle, and, and, and so far, most of them have been able to get it in. You know, a few have been struggling, Northampton, Freedom, Liberty have not had anywhere near the number of matches they normally would, but um, they'll be fine if they just can get on the mat. Okay, Tom. Now, I appreciate you giving me all this time. Before I let you go, though, who are your top teams in the Lehigh Valley, Pocono area, going into this next week? Well... My rankings have said Nazareth 1, Bethlehem Catholic 2. Now, Noah Okamoto's not healthy. That creates a voided 172 for the Blue Eagles. So, if, and Andrew Harmon just came back yesterday for Bethlehem Catholic. That's a big plus for them. Colin Rath should be coming back soon. If you're looking at now, where now Bethlehem Catholic has Andrew Harmon and Nazareth doesn't have Noah Okamoto. Maybe that gives Bethlehem Catholic the edge. Now, again, we all know how good Nazareth is up top, and we know how great Bethlehem Catholic is down bottom. It's going to be one somewhere in the middle. 
And if somebody's missing a piece, that's, that's, that can be the difference. So they're 1-1A one one to me. Those two could meet again in the state final. They could wrestle, you know, in the EPC day. They could wrestle in districts and then wrestle in states. That would be great again for the area. Again, Waynesburg Central, defending champions in, in 3A. They've got a lot of weapons. Yeah. So those two are 1-1A. One, one one if you ask me right now who's going to win today, if they wrestle right now, I would say Bethlehem Catholic. Then you look at Notre Dame and Saucon Valley, who are wrestling tonight. I did predict that Notre Dame would win 32-25. That's only because of, you know, again, just it's all about matchups. And if you just if they, you look at how they wrestle straight up, which we all know things change, yes. coaches' decisions, et cetera, um, it's, it, it, one, one bout could change that. The coin flip could change that. Where we start the match could change it because you know how important momentum is. It's going to be a full house at Saucon Valley, so the crowd's going to be a, a factor. So if we start somewhere and there's a big upset, that, that could linger into the next several matches and, 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 and swing it one way or the other. I would Again, I would give Notre Dame the edge uh, as of today. So we'll see. It's good, good that we're going to see them wrestle two or three times this year. Those, those four teams are really, really good. And I appreciate your coverage and you know how, how much you have done with the features and giving us the behind-the-scene look at a lot of these kids and coaches and teams and, and tournaments. And, and I love it. I love following your coverage. So if you want to follow Tom, who does an outstanding job and really takes this job to heart, check him out at uh, TomHouseNick at MorningCall.com. I have a, my digital subscription. I keep renewing it, and I keep you know going back and forth, saying, "Hey, you got to give me an extra month." And you're giving me so I have fun because I don't want to miss the coverage. So thanks, Tom, for for the great job you do. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. I really do. I appreciate your friendship too. Thank you, for Tom Halstead. I'm Bob Matthews. Also, like to thank my buddy Kevin Hardy, who always helps me produce this podcast, and all of you for listening. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support over these last couple of years. Stay healthy, stay safe, enjoy wrestling, and again, I really appreciate each and every one of you. And remember this. Never let anyone take you down. Coming down in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob Matthews with another edition of Takedown Talk, my podcast where you get to know some of the outstanding high school, midget, and college wrestlers and coaches and even reporters and officials, believe it or not. And uh, today we have somebody that I've been trying to get uh, on the program now for the past couple of years, and it's Ryan Crookham, three-time district, regional, and state champ. So, I know, Ryan, you've gone through some ups and downs over the last couple of years with injuries and things like that, but congratulations, you know, winning a state championship three for three, and you missed that one year, your junior year, and I know that was tough for you, but I know this is going to be motivation for you going forward. So we'll talk about that in just a second, but I want to kind of dig into how you got started, where your love for the sport came from, and those kinds of things. That was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob Matthews with another edition of Takedown Talk. And with me today, a special guest, a young man I've been trying to interview for a couple of years, but he's been so busy and trying to get things back to where he wanted them after a couple of unfortunate injuries. It's Ryan Crookham, three-time district, regional, and state champ here in Pennsylvania, a young man who's committing to Lehigh University for the next four to five years. And I'm all pumped up because I get to announce his matches and see him live and in person. So it'll be a lot of fun for me. And Ryan, thank you so much for uh, being here tonight. And it's your house, so I, I thank you for letting me come in. <laughs> but thank you so much. And you started your career as a young guy down in the Langhorn, the Chamonix area. And you were like four years old when you started and never, you know, you were having fun as a little guy rolling around. But then you started to take the sport seriously when you started to get into like what, like third, fourth, fifth grade around that time? Yeah. 
yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate you having me on. But yeah, so I think third, fourth grade, you know, I started taking the sport a little bit more seriously, um, dropped a couple of the other sports I was playing and um, just really focused on being a better wrestler. And my dad helped me and my amazing support system. And yeah, I just started to excel. I think that's around the time when I moved to the Lehigh Valley. So all those things together kind of just helped my wrestling career. Um, and yeah. Well, the thing that cracks me up, you remember the young man who pinned you in the blood round. And that was back when you were like fourth or fifth grade or, you know, back around that time. And that's, that fueled your fire, didn't it? And it was funny that you remembered his name from all the way back there. That That's incredible. Yeah. I, I think seventh or no, I was seven years old. It was my first state tournament. His name was Jacob Brummett and he pinned me in the blood rounds of my state tournament that year. And, um, you know, I, I was training the whole year after that, and uh, it kind of fueled me. And um, my dad, every day, would always tell me, you know, you're good enough to be a state champ. And uh, I, I started to believe it a little bit. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I did if because the next year when I was eight, I ended up winning this state tournament. And um, I wrestled. Believe it or not, I wrestled Kurt Phipps in the finals, who ended up having a pretty great high school career. And I wrestled Finn Solomon in the semis. And in the quarters, I wrestled Sammy Starr. So I think it's just funny how I remember all those names. But And they all went on to big careers. Yeah, they all had very good careers. I, I guess they're all going D1. Yeah, Sammy Starr is at Navy. Finn Solomon's at NC State. And... Phipps is at Bucknell. So, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, and then you beat those guys, you know. That, that's even, that's even you know, cooler. Now, for you, after you won that state title, was that when it kind of clicked and you said, okay, I can really be good at this? Is that when you started to develop a love for the sport? I think it's hard for me to... I don't know if that's when I started to develop a a true love for the sport, but it's definitely when I thought I was, I I could be pretty good at it. I think going into that state tournament, I, I was a little unsure if I could hang with those guys, but afterwards, you know, I had the confidence that, you know, I was good enough to, you know, to be a state champ. Um, But yeah, so that was, that was my first state title. And then year after year, you know, I just kept placing at all the state tournaments and going to national tournaments. And, uh, you know, I thank my dad for all that, you know, for supporting me and, uh, exposing me to the best competition, not just in the state, but after years after, you know, I, I was wrestling the best guys in the country. Um, like guys on YouTube, like Steve O'Poolin, you know, I, I've wrestled him every year, probably, from age nine to 13. So, you know, he, my dad really gave me a lot of great opportunities uh, to just excel and, and, and continue to improve at the sport of wrestling. You know, a lot of people may not realize you talked about a support system and your belief in God and your coaches and those kinds of things, but a lot of people may not realize the commitment that the parents make 
nowadays, especially, you know, traveling out to Fargo and out to Tulsa and then down to um, Virginia Beach and all these different tournaments and down to Florida and the war at the shore. And there's so many tournaments and it's just a commitment now for a lot of these young people where it's a year round commitment, you know, and that puts a little extra strain on on the parents and the family, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, without without my family, without my coaches and my overall great support system, um, I I wouldn't be where I am today. And you know, I always try to thank that thank them as much as possible. Uh, you know, it, achieving and, and winning state titles and national titles, you can't do it alone. Um, and you know, they're they're not on the mat competing with me, but without them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere near as successful in wrestling or anything I do in life. And, you know, I'm really thankful for, for all the, the roles they play in my life, you know, in terms of, uh, mentally, you know, I have Jared Spencer in my corner who helps me, um, Good old Jared, yeah, monthly, weekly, um, I go to new house. They help me with recovery. I've Wesley Morris, um, who's, who's, uh, another mental coach for me. And, you know, he, he owns Saucon Valley massage. So he helps me out there. And, uh, my coach is at Saucon Valley and Lehigh. So I just have too many people to, to thank. Um, and without them, I wouldn't be here. Um, I don't know where I would, where I would be. Oh yeah. And then of course, God as well, right. you know, right. but yeah. It takes a village. You know, we talk about when you know, people raising young children and, and things like that. Then back where I grew up, I grew up in Southside Easton and everybody in the neighborhood will look out for everybody's kids, you know, cause you're out running around till nine thirty, ten o'clock at night in the summer and acting up and everything. But it, took a village to raise a lot of us you know and with you and a lot of these other young athletes it takes a village the coaches your 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 priest or your you know spiritual guide or or jared spencer or your massage therapist your mom your dad your brothers your sisters you know people your wrestling partners like the darian Cruz up at rtc and things like that so it really, when you win a national championship or you win a state title, it's not just Ryan Crookham working hard. It's Ryan Crookham working hard and everybody else helping him out along the way. True. That's a good way of putting it. And you mentioned uh, Darian Cruz. You know, I practiced with him today. And uh, just in terms of how he's helped me and elevate, you know, my game in the sport of wrestling, um, just I don't think he can... I don't think he's comparable, you know. He's just an extremely talented wrestler and even better person and you know, he's he's played a huge role in my development over the years and um you know, he's at Lehigh so I'm excited to be able to train with him through throughout the next, you know, throughout my college career and um yeah, you know, he's he's another one of those people in my support system that I'm really thankful for. You know, when you talk about Darian Cruz, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers and people, and he was just so good with the young kids. And, you know, when he won his state championship, was very humble, very thankful. And then you have a young man like yourself who's won three state championships, a Super 32 title, you know, and you're in the Beast of the East and the Ironman, some of the best tournaments in the country and some of the most memorable finals matches ever, 
you know, and it was one of those things where you think, how can Ryan Crookham get any better? And now you're just sitting here talking about you won three Pennsylvania state championships, which is unbelievable. You know, you talk about an amazing accomplishment. And then, Ray, you know, a few moments ago, you're talking about how Darian Cruz, within five or ten minutes, brought you up to an even higher level or, or a better understanding of your capabilities and your um, possibilities that await you. And it just boggles my mind just how much better you know, you can get from high school into college with these outstanding coaches and practice partners. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm thankful for all the opportunities I'll have at Lehigh, but I understand, you know, there's, there's like levels to this game. You know, I'm, I'm at the high school level, you know, I won three state titles, but now it's time for college and just to have fun there. And now, now that you're not the big man on campus, now you're starting over, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the goals to win an NCAA title, but, um, yeah, so it, it's going to start every day in the practice room. So I'm just really thankful to, you know, to have my village with me and, you know, I'm going to train hard for it, but, um, you know, I'm something that, uh, life's kind of taught me is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay without wrestling, you know, my injuries the past couple of years, I understand that, you know, without wrestling, you know, my family and friends still love me. So I'll be, I'll be okay without the sport, but you know, the, the NCAA title definitely gets me up in the morning and, and uh, I'm going to try my hardest to accomplish that goal at Lehigh. Now you talked about the trials and tribulations, you were a state champ, Super 32 champion in eighth grade, which still boggles my mind. It just was one of the coolest things ever. And then you go on your freshman year with that knee injury in semifinals, and you make it through there, and then you could hardly walk heading out to the Parade of Champions, and then you heard a song that inspired you and brought that, you know, the, the Lord back into the picture and into the forefront of your mind, and you counted on him for strength and helped you so, so many times. But then you ran into a wall, so to speak, with not literally, but with your concussion. And then you were out and we had COVID and it was just a rough year for your junior year. Is that one of those things that really kind of tested your faith or you relied on your faith during that period? Like I said before, I'm good without the sport of wrestling. You know, I love it and I do it every day. But my faith definitely got me through the injuries I've had throughout my high school career and without it, I don't know where I would be, but it definitely taught me, you know, to be thankful for every opportunity I have. And, um, you know, I, I definitely have a different perspective every day at practice and it, it just helped me jump levels and improve faster. When you have God on your side, I feel like, you're unstoppable. So that it's just really helped my mentality and um, my overall perspective on the sport of wrestling and every opportunity I'm, I'm given in life, not just wrestling, you know, just to go to school, to have my family with me, my health, you know, waking up in the morning, I'm thankful for another day every day. So um, I guess it's, it's hard to, to always look at life in that lens, you know, you know, you should be thankful for every day God provides for you. But 
at the same time, I want to glorify God um, at the next stage and try my hardest to win an NCAA title. So, yeah, my injuries definitely taught me a lot, but I'd say the biggest thing. it made you stronger mentally and spiritually? I think so, yeah. I mean, definitely spiritually, definitely mentally, but perspective-wise as well. Um, just every day going into practice, I'm thankful for the opportunity and it just kind of simplifies the whole sport, you know, right. takes stress out of the equation. Um, more enjoyable. It makes wrestling more enjoyable. Yeah. And for you, it was kind of, you know, you come off the, the concussion, you're okay. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. You go into the preseason tournament, you're wrestling the guy from Navy and then you re-injure your knee. Now, was that the same knee that you hurt in your freshman year in that semifinal match on your way to your first state title? It was. So my freshman year, I tore my LCL. That's on the right the right side of my right knee. And then that match against the Navy guy, I ended up tearing the left side, left side of my right knee, the MCL. Uh, tore it pretty bad, but then was able to, you know, rehab it. You know, I just put my faith in God. You know, I've been in this position you before. Did you get surgery? I didn't. No, wow. no. I they kind of. I mean, it was bad enough where I could have, but that that would have been a long recovery, okay. much longer than the rehab route. Um, and I just that just wasn't what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for knee surgery and reconstruction. Um, so you were like, I blew off my junior year. Not my fault, you know, but you were forced to blow it up because of your injury and COVID. And then you're thinking, look, I'm not going to lose my senior year as well, right? Was that the mindset? That wasn't the mindset entirely. What I, when I saw the doctors initially after the injury, there was pretty much 0% chance I was coming back for the season. Uh, I saw two different doctors. One said three months at least at least, um, nothing sooner. And he, he was the more lenient one who understood wrestling and the sport. Uh, but he also understood my knee and the past injuries and, uh, what it would take to heal how bad the injury was. Um, and, and then I saw another doctor and he said at least five months off the mat completely. So we're not even at five months yet. And I've, I wrestled, my senior year. So pretty special, but I ended up recovering in two and a half months, you know, with the rehab and all that and, uh, made it through my senior year unscathed. So, um, I think that's evidence, you know, of God working in my life. I think, you know, it's pretty concrete. Yeah, that's a remarkable story. And then, you know, it was one of those things where you had an added bonus. Okay, you're coming off two state championships. You miss the year. You, you, you get back for your senior year. You're pumped up about that. But you come back at the state, you know, the uh, state duels tournament out in Hershey. Yeah. And those were your first couple matches back, right? I mean, were you extra pumped or were you nervous or worried a little about your knee? Or were you just so caught up in the fact that you were able to wrestle again? It really didn't matter. Yeah, I was I was definitely probably a little bit nervous because I knew my knee wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but at the same time I was very thankful for the opportunity, so I wasn't as stressed 
as I would have been, you know, without going through all those those injuries because it it helped my stress stress levels come down from freshman and sophomore year, you know, having those experiences where I didn't have the sport of wrestling. And, you know, I was always used to competing and just having all the opportunities. But when they're taken away from you, it kind of switches your mindset a little bit. So I was was nervous, but it was it was a collective, a collective effort towards uh, almost insurmountable goal that a lot of people didn't give us much of a shot to win, you know, in terms of predictions or anything, you know, but us as a team, we always believed we could win with, with our, our complete team on the mat, you know, so. Yeah, you guys had a lot of injuries to some of your studs, Census, and a couple of the other guys were out with injuries, and then they all seemed to get healthy. Um, it, it, it was just crazy to see everybody kind of get healthy at once, and it was kind of like the perfect storm where everybody came together for that common goal out of Hershey. Yeah, it was it was really special, you know. It, um, yeah, there, it's another one of those moments where I feel like that's evidence of Is God. It an aha moment. I think it's one of those moments where you can like point to it and say that's evidence that God exists and you know God is good and he 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 works miracles not just in my life but there's a lot of guys on our team that had serious injuries uh people will probably never never hear all the specifics but yeah, I'm, Jared I'm, Jared Roan had a really nasty injury. Yeah. Jared almost almost died. I I mean he had I forget the percent chance that he had to live, but it was very slim. He got in a really bad accident in football. So him coming back was amazing. He's a crazy talented wrestler and he's gonna do great in his career. But there's a ton of studs on our team that were pretty banged up. And, you know, like you said, they, they came back for that state dual tournament and it was the perfect storm. We ended up winning. So, right. And you beat your former, former school. You won two state titles at Notre Dame Green Pond, and then you end up winning a state team title over Notre Dame Green Pond. So there's some irony in that, you know, and then you went out and then won your third uh, individual state title for Salkin Valley. So it kind of came full circle. For you, so it's pretty amazing. But we talk about matches and things that stick out in your mind. If you had, let's pick, other than the state tournament your freshman year when you tore your LCL and couldn't walk, <laughs> and then wrestled pretty much in the final against uh, Bo Bayless on one leg practically and won 3 nothing. Other than that outstanding moment, I know that's one of your favorite moments. Any the others like Iron Man, Beast, those kinds of things that maybe stuck out, you know, in your mind is like, oh my God, that was such a pivotal moment for you. I would say probably my my senior year state title. Just um, I think I talked about it earlier, but there was pretty much a zero percent chance, and the doctors thought I was crazy that I was actually going to attempt to make a comeback. Um, I know in a lot of my interviews before the whole season was over, I said I was a hundred percent, but I wasn't, I wasn't really even close to that. Um, and yeah, I just put my faith in God and he's the only reason 
that uh, I didn't hurt my knee worse. So I'm, I'm thankful for for my senior year. But yeah, I, I that was just a crazy, crazy, guts. yeah. Guts, right? Guts, yeah. guts, guts. Well, you know, and you remind me a little bit as we're talking here about, you know, of, of Spencer Lee. I mean, Spencer Lee, his high school loss to DeSanto in the state finals his senior year, he was wrestling with a torn, you know, in, with an ACL, MCL, yeah. and he almost still almost won that match. And then he wins a couple of NCAA titles with torn ligaments in his knees. So people don't realize just how tough wrestlers are. And what he say in, in the interview Wrestling's not for wussies or excuses or for wussies or whatever it was, you know. And I love that. I really love that, that he said that. So you kind of remind me of, you know, a Spencer Lee, yeah. how you toughed it out. Because I know when I saw you after the Lehigh match, I said, hey, how's your knee? How you doing? You're going to make it back? You're like, ah, I'm trying to maybe at this point make it back. I don't know. But, you know, my goal is to make it into districts and regionals, and then hopefully get back into states. And you weren't even thinking about winning titles, and you were just thinking about getting back on the mat, right? You probably had your fingers crossed when you were talking to me, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was extremely, you know, hopeful in the situation. You know, I didn't want to say I wasn't going to make it back because there was a chance, and, you know, I prayed every day and rehabbed really hard and, Mike Price, the St. Luke's um, sports sports trainer who got me back, did a great job and just a really thorough and effective uh, training regimen that, that got me back on the mat. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a miracle, you know, that's that's the only way I can put it. But yeah, I you compared me to Spencer Lee, you know, I guess. I I guess we're similar, but I just hope I don't have all the knee injuries, you know, in college and everything. I'm gonna try and stay healthy now. <laughs> but now you'd like those three NCAA titles, wouldn't you? Yeah, that would <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I love that comparison. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, speaking of NCAA titles and things like that, what what drew you to Lehigh? And I'm I'm sure you were heavily recruited. You know, as a two-time state champ, I'm sure all these big colleges came knocking at your door, and then all of a sudden, Pat Santor and Lehigh pop up. And what what kind of kept you here in the Lehigh Valley? Was it Pat Santoro? Was it the academics? Was it a lot of those things? Yeah. So basically, well, first off, I had a unique recruiting experience. Um, I I was recruited by a lot of schools, but it was weird because it was a COVID year. So it wasn't, it didn't seem as authentic because we couldn't go on college visits, uh, official college vis visits at least. Um, but from the very beginning, Lehigh, you know, seemed like the place for me. And when it all came down to it, you know, I lined up all the pros and cons of all the schools and Lehigh didn't really seem to have a con. And I remember talking with Brad Dillon on the phone uh, one day and we were having a really good conversation. And he was like, he just asked me straight up. He was like, well, Ryan, what do you think the con is, you know, in, in your mind? What's, what's the con? And I was like, that's a good point. You know, I don't really, I don't see like a flaw in Lehigh just because when you really think about it, you know, they have amazing wrestling, amazing wrestling. They produce so many All-Americans, so many national champs, and that's because of the coaching staff. 
You know, they have a couple national champs, all all Americans on the coaching staff, just really talented, great recruits, great team, great partners. So you're going to get great training in and you're going to, you know, reach that high level in the wrestling. That's just the wrestling. And then you talk about the academics. I mean, Lehigh really sets you up for a future, future job, you know, start a future business with all the connections at Lehigh. Uh, it definitely checks that box in, in that area. And then, you know, you talk about competing in your backyard, uh, you know, for your hometown, um, is really special with your family there supporting you being a, they'll be able to go to every match, um, and not have to fly across the country. And, um, you know, I don't think you can find a better human than Pat Santoro or anyone on that coaching staff. You know, you Great got staff, yeah. Darian Cruz. Um, yeah. And Zach Ray. Brad Zach Dillon, Ray. Yeah. yeah. Brad Dillon, all of them. Kerry McCoy now. Um, and yeah, so it's it's a really special thing they have at uh, at Lehigh and... And they got a really good PA announcer too. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, thanks. No, I, I in all seriousness, I I love it. That that's like my favorite thing to do is announce the uh, Lehigh University home matches. It's just so much fun. I've got to meet so many outstanding wrestlers and people and fa- their family members and just just great, great, great atmosphere. You know. So all right. Now we're going to hope, you know, you're at the NCAA Wrestling Championships and that's the pinnacle. And I know that you kind of picture yourself being there either next year or the year after if you would redshirt. We don't know what, what, what that, you know, that part of your future holds yet. But um, whatever you do, I think you're going to be on the podium out there no matter where it is, whether it's in um, back in Philly and supposed to be in Philly in a couple of years, yeah, you know. So, years. yeah, so. I think you might be on the podium before three years. Just yeah. I just got a feeling. But um, for you, I definitely think you're going to be back there. And I know your goal is to be at least a, an NCAA champ once, but I think you're going to be multiple-time champion. But let's switch it up a little bit and also have some fun. We'll talk about some other aspects here. Now, are you a good big brother? I know you have two younger sisters and a younger brother. You think you're a good big brother? I'd like to think so. I mean... My family can annoy me at times, but I try to be a good role model. You know, I have amazing brothers and sisters. Um, you know, I'm really motivi- motivated by them, by their work ethic, and, uh, you know, they're great support supporters, and I talk about my support system, and, you know, they're, they're a big reason why I'm as successful as I am. So, yeah. Now, your favorite ice cream? This is an easy Easy question, easy answer, chocolate peanut butter. And um, I'll definitely be ordering that a lot at the cup, you know, on, on campus. <laughs> I, I might be like a 49-pounder after having that all, all the time. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Well, what's the most weight you've ever had to cut in your career? Um, I think for one duel, I think against Bethlehem Catholic the one year, uh, after New Year's, after Christmas, I was like nine over, but it wasn't too hard to uh, to lose that, you know. But I think nine, nine in three days. Okay, yeah. Back in my day, it was fourteen in four days, and we yeah. did the rubber suit and then the plastic suit, and then running and doing push-ups in the sauna and stuff. I mean, 
I can say that now because that was illegal back then, but I can say that now because that was 40 years ago. So <laughs> I'm not going to lose my eligibility or anything or be, be fined at this point. What, what's your go-to move? What's your favorite move? I mean, for me, it was always, I love the sweep single and I love the inside switch. Those were my two favorites. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like to give away okay, my favorite you don't give moves. Give away your secrets. Okay, uh, how about when yeah. you were a youth wrestler? What was your favorite move? Youth wrestler, youth. Re- it really depends on the age, to be honest. I had a lot of different favorite moves. How about when you won the Super Thirty Two as an eighth grader? Yeah. Um, my favorite move there on top was definitely like tilts and bars. On my feet, I would probably say. A high crotch, but I set it up differently. I'm trying to think. I was pretty basic when I went won in eighth grade. Okay. You know, I've come a long way. But okay. All right. Yeah, I don't want to divulge any crookum secrets here. I don't, <laughs> don't want to unlock the Ryan Bolt, you know. Then you were you know, you played soccer, you were telling me when you were little and you just like to kick the ball all over out of bounds and they put you in as a goalie and then you kick the ball everywhere and you're not supposed to do that, you're supposed to knock it down. So then you really focused on baseball and you're a pretty good baseball player playing all over the field, including catcher. And then after that you ran cross country, but you ran cross country to kind of keep you in shape and allow you to really build up your cardio for wrestling, right? Yeah. I also played gymnastics as well or not played i performed performed yeah. but i didn't compete so i don't even know if i could say perform but i would it was a hobby yeah it was it was i guess it was a hobby you know um it was just an, another part of the training regimen you know that i was fortunate enough to have my my parents involve me in but you know i would before school i would I don't know what the word is. I guess uh, that was my participate yeah. in, in gymnastics uh, at like 5 a.m. before school. And uh, it helped me get stronger and more flexible. And I think it served me well throughout my high school career. And it will help me in college as well. But, yeah, I played a lot of different sports. When we were in college, they brought in a ballet, a ballet instructor one time. And we did ballet for... <laughs> <laughs> a practice. I got to be honest, it was awesome, but I was never so sore. I woke up the next day and we were using muscles that we normally wouldn't use. You know, you'd stretch on a bar and it was just, yeah, that, that was their athletes. Let me tell you, those ballet dancers are athletes. All right. What's your favorite season? You know, spring, summer, winter, fall. What's your favorite? My favorite season? I would probably, yeah, so I can't, <laughs> I can't say winter. Um, I'd probably say summer. Um, I get to spend time with my family, uh, my friends. It's warm out. I don't think there's anything really to complain about it, to be honest. You know, there's wrestling. There's always wrestling opportunities in the summer. There's Fargo. There's all types of wrestling. But, you know, it's also a time to spend time with your family on vacation and, uh, just relax a little bit, right? And you don't have, you know, you don't have to worry about school either. So that's nice too. All right. Now, someday when you get married, I think you're going to be a great father and a great husband. How many kids do you want? Um, Your mom and dad have raised four fine, outstanding young people now. So you think you want four? Probably not just because <laughs> I see how tough they have it. Um, I, I maybe... 
two or three. Um, I would like to have a son that wrestles, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I just want them to be involved in sports and uh, to be happy. So, yeah. All right, last question. I'll let you go. Folk style or freestyle? I ask uh, a lot of people. Jordan Cutler kind of surprised me. He said freestyle and a few other people. Jordan was, of course, an outstanding wrestler, three-time All-American for Lehigh, and uh, he was my first, believe it or not, my first podcast interview. Great guy who now is the uh, girls wrestling coach at Easton High School. And um, he said freestyle. So how about you? I guess it depends on what wrestling season we're in and how I'm, uh, you know, if I'm achieving my goals or not, but I, I, I like wrestling in general. Um, I'm coming off folk style, kind of debating if I'm going to do freestyle season this year or not. So I probably have to say folk style right now, but it might, it might change. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Ryan, thank you for giving me so much time. I really appreciate your commitment to wrestling, your family, to the good Lord, and to Lehigh University. We're going to have a lot of fun there. It's going to be very exciting on Thursday nights and Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights and Sundays and Friday nights. I'm just so pumped up. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ryan Crookham, three-time state champ here in Pennsylvania, Super 32 champ as an eighth grader and just accolades after accolades, a state champ with a team state champ with Saucon Valley High School this year, one of his most memorable moments. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot of memorable moments coming, you know, going forward in the career of Ryan Crookham. So for Ryan and myself, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and listening to my podcast, Takedown Talk. I'd like to thank my buddy Kevin Hardy, who helped me develop this idea a few years ago. I really appreciate everybody's support. Have a great rest of your day or evening, and remember, never let anyone take you down. Hello, everyone. Bob Matthews here with another edition of Takedown Talk. Thank you to everyone who uh, tunes in and follows this podcast. It's so much fun today. I'm honored to be back at my alma mater, Notre Dame High School, Green Pond, and driving down Church Road to get out here remind me when we used to run back and forth at a stop sign a mile out, a mile back, you know, those good old days. And it's good to be back here with Coach Matt Veers and all these place winners from the Pennsylvania State Wrestling Tournament this season. And Coach, for you, when you took over several years ago, you created a mindset within the program and you stepped up the level of competition to where you were wrestling the Wyoming Seminaries, the Beccas, the Blair Academies, teams like that. And that has actually really basically, you know, ended up paying high dividends for you in terms of the accomplishments of your wrestlers. I mean, was that your goal coming in to automatically, right from the very beginning, step up that level of competition? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of funny. When I did my interview back before I got hired with Notre Dame, the first thing I kind of said was we're going to wrestle the best teams in the country, and our goal is to be state champs, be uh, one of the best teams in the United States. And they kind of laughed at me. They really didn't know what to expect. And I said, hey, I think within a few years we can win a state title and we can be ranked high in the country. And uh, that was the mindset from my first interview. And then jumping into, uh, you know, the season for, with my first year in, um, scheduling St. Ed's and you know, going to the Ironman, Beast of the East and those tournaments, it just kind of set the precedent for years to follow. Mm-hmm. That we're going to wrestle the best competition. It doesn't matter where it is. We're going to chase it down. Uh, the athletic director and our, and our administration supports that. And we're fortunate. And, you know, year four now, you can see that our schedule is one of the top schedules in the country. And we don't shy away from anybody. Uh, we want to wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime. And I hope we can get some, you know, a little different variation next year, maybe a new dual team, maybe a jersey team like Del Barra and their Bergen. 
But uh, I'm happy where the program's come and just the mindset, just to wrestle the best. And, you know, it's, it is, has, it's been real, uh, very rewarding. I mean, you can see how the kids have succeeded mm-hmm. and kids going Division One wrestling and state champs and state medalists. It's, uh, it's moving in the right direction. Now, for you, did you ever imagine, though, that you would win three state championships in your first four years? Uh, I, I really didn't think that far ahead. You know, I figured we'll take it year to year. And then um, our first year, I think we took uh, third at the, at the tournament at the end of the year. And then next year we won. And then it kind of snowballed into, you know, winning three in a row, which is great. But, I mean, it's just a testament to these kids and what they believe in and how hard they train together. And just a full uh, team system here. You know, we don't have any individuals and – Everyone gets everyone better, you know, from the staff to the wrestlers. And it's just uh, it's just a great environment. And, you know, to win three in a row, it's a great honor. But, you know, we owe everything to these kids and just how hard they work. They make my job really easy. So <laughs> I'm kind of fortunate. You know, the, the neat thing about wrestling, you know, it's an individual sport. You're out there by yourself. But people don't realize just the camaraderie and the team concept behind it. Like, I know some of these guys wrestled their, their hearts out, finished seventh, fifth. It doesn't matter, though. The team goes on and wins the state championship, and that's basically the most important thing. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, now this is where I think the first time, I don't I mean, we qualified 11 guys to the state tournament, which was, which was amazing. You know, to, put guys, to put 11 guys to, to that tournament, every guy was a contributor as far as points. And when you kind of talk about the team unit and, you know, what people don't see is people don't see how we train um, behind closed doors. They don't see how hard we work down at Annex with our weight program, you know, that my father runs. And just practices every day. And what these kids do on their own time, you know, going to paintball together, bowling, hanging out, um, you know, just watching TV together. That's, that's a real team. And we take some criticism, you know, from outsiders who don't see that bond we have with each other. They just see me. You know, on match day, jumping up and down, screaming, yelling, you know, when my guys win, going crazy. Um, they, they look at that as almost a bad thing. And they see these guys and they wrestle and just their passion in their wrestling. And, you know, when Brandon and Holden uh, won this year, it was really special to go back in the hallway when they were kind of celebrating back there. Just, you know, five, six guys on a team, you know, kids warming up for their next bout. But everyone back there jumping up and down, you know, kids were crying. It, it was a, It was a great experience. And. Like I said, we got a special thing here, and we might take some criticism from others that don't see that, but uh, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it's, uh, it's awesome. Okay, now the big question on a lot of people's minds, you know, you were always rolling your pant legs up above your knee. You didn't do it this year. What, what was up with that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it was just kind of a nervous habit I had the first few years, you know, and uh, my wife was like, what are you doing rolling your pants up like that all the time? I said, I'm not even thinking about doing it. You know, I just kind of would inch them up, inch them up, and next thing you know, they're up above my knees. They look like shorts, and, you know, I look like a real goof out there. But uh, I just kind of had become more relaxed in my coaching. I kind of try to set aside my nerves. I mean, I still get nervous, obviously, because I can't wrestle the matches for these kids. But, uh, yeah, it's just something I haven't done anymore. I don't even think about it, really. But, uh, yeah, I, I get a lot of people cracking on me for that now. Hey, you don't roll the pants up anymore. What's going on? Maybe that's why you lost. You know? So we take it in stride. Now, Luke DeLuise here on, as part of your coaching staff, he's just a tremendous young man. I mean, I know his sister. Mm-hmm. I know his dad. His dad's an animal, by the way. Yeah. He shook his dad's hands like chicken hands with a yeah. polar bear. But, but Luke, you know, I mean, I followed his career when he was at ESU and I was announcing ESU yeah. wrestling matches and stuff. And he's really helped also make a difference in the program, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Luke's a great guy. You know, he's a great role model. He's a police officer in Wilson. So, uh, you know, these guys know to stay in line if they're ever driving around in Wilson. But, uh, you know, he works their upper weights a lot. You know, he's, uh, he brings a different element. You know, we're all, we all, you know, myself, Coach Luke, Coach Nino, and my father all have different personalities. So uh, Luke's a little more quiet, a little more reserved. 
Um, so he gets a lot out of these upper weights. Coach Nieder, the same thing. You know, alumni at Notre Dame, uh, was a heavyweight state medalist here back in the day. Uh, great with the upper weights. You know, he did put a lot of time in this year with Mason Ludlow, and I think that's why Mason really improved, and Bloby too, Jared Bloby. And, of course, my father, Big Matt, you know, he's just uh, – without, without him in our program, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a program. He's kind of the heart and soul of our team. Um, you know, our weight program, he runs everything. But, uh, you know, these guys can relate to him. Uh, you know, father-son relationship is good to see. But uh, we all love Big Matt. He, he's something else. But And Brad Unger, you know, he's been helping us for the past three years. Just a tremendous kid. Uh, great family. And when Brad isn't there, we don't look as good. <laughs> he wasn't at Team State, so we bust on him. Hey, you weren't there. That's maybe why we lost. But, uh, yeah, we just have a great staff of, of guys that are role models and just guys that live the right lifestyle, and these kids see that, and they can kind of you know, reflect on that in years to come that they have some good leadership in that Notre Dame. Yeah, and your dad keeps you in line too, which is, which is good yeah. for everybody else. <laughs> you got that right. So, Aiden, now I know that you're a man of few words, but you do a lot of big things on the mat, and for you this year, finishing fourth at the state, you had a great year again, wrestling top-level competition. I know that regional loss didn't sit well with you, you know, but – and that young man went on to win the state championship. Was that something that, that kind of still grinds at you, knowing that he won and you could have beaten him in the regional finals? Yeah, always. Um, just knowing that you, can, that you lost to someone that you know you could beat and you can compete with those top-notch guys, it could be tough sometimes, but you just have to get back to the work and keep on the grind. Now, you went out to the National High School Wrestling Championships and you finished fourth in, in that. What would you pick up from that? I mean, I know you wrestled some really tough competition from all over the country. What would you learn from that experience? Um, just to keep my foot on the pedal, to never stop. Um, even when I'm doing practices on practices, uh, somebody always is, doing, is always doing something that I'm not. So just to keep on getting that extra work in. Now, how do you like being, I was the lightweight, I was usually the first guy out back, you know, many, 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 many years ago, and you coming out first, you kind of set the tone in a lot of matches. Do you, do you kind of relish that opportunity and that responsibility? Yeah, I, I've kind of grown to love going first, because even in some of the duels when I'm one of the last matches, it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and then you sit there and the nerves get you. That's why I was like getting it out of the way first and I could just sit back and watch everybody else wrestle and it kind of takes the pressure off. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the best things. I feel like going first because you're right off of your warm-up, right off the mat, so you're already warm. So it's just like when you wrestle, it just, it just hits you. It's just right there. Now, what is your schedule for the off season? You're going to go to some tournaments, freestyle, folk-style tournaments. You're going out to Fargo. What are your plans for the summer? Um, definitely. I know I want to do NHSCAs. Um, Fargo is definitely on my list because last year I didn't get the, I didn't get quite the outcome I wanted and hopefully this year I can win it or place. Yeah, you will. It's that work ethic. You know, you put in the work, you put in the work behind the scenes and you'll be successful. I just know it. You, you have that look in your eye, which, you know, something you can't teach. That's something that you're born with. Yeah. It's something that my dad always preaches. Um, also, to always stay humble, um, usually just to go right after and when I'm on the mat, try not to hold anything back because once you hold, let's say, like one leg attack like back, that could have prevented you from winning the match. Good job. Yeah, wrestle till, through the whistle. We were always taught wrestle through the whistle. All right, Evan, your mom, she's like just a, a – just one of the most supportive and wonderful people that I've met when it comes to a parent of a wrestler, and she's a huge supporter of yours. And then she's very creative. She puts together the videos and all that kind of stuff. 
How much do you appreciate her and your dad's support? Oh, yeah, especially my mom. She, uh, she takes care of the whole team. She's kind of like the team mom. And uh, without her, it wouldn't be the same program. She's, I'd say she's probably been around since probably like my third grade year. She really took over. My dad kind of took a step back. Yeah. And she, she knows probably more than me about this point. Every single kid I wrestle, she knows everything about them. She's been with the TPA and stuff, so she means a lot to the program. She'll stick around for a couple more years, too. Yeah, so. I was going to say, now, you're a senior. This has to be bittersweet for you. For you, I know that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to ultimately, but you had a fantastic career, and then you made, you know, three-time state champion, you know, a team champion out there at the individual states and all these great friends and everything else. What, is that what you're going to miss the most now when you go up to the next level? Yeah, I'm going to miss the, my friends especially because I've known most of these kids from, like, I was, like, in second, third grade. I was wrestling Brandon at Vuel all the time. Holden was at the club, and I always saw Aiden wrestling at there too. And it means a lot, like, knowing that they finally got the win and uh, see them wrestling in college too. I'll, I'll always stay in touch with them. Until, yeah. Yeah. What was funny, you know, when I see Brandon and I see you, we did your Valley Elementary Wrestling League Championship match. So it was neat to see you guys and how you progressed and came up through the ranks. And like the Darian Cruz, we did his matches, the Sammy Sassos. And it's just so much fun, Mikey Labriola. It's so much fun to see how you guys progress from, you know, the youth level where your technique at the youth level was better than my technique in, at the college level. You know, I mean, it's amazing to see the progression and how far wrestling has come. Do you like how far the you know, wrestling has come since your Valley Elementary wrestling days? Yeah, it's a, I'm one of those wrestlers who's kind of like, I go with the flow a little bit. It's not very unorthodox. And uh, watching my old wrestling matches then, I'm like, I can't believe I was like doing that. Because like, I see some of the kids now and I'm like, I was wondering how it would be if like I was wrestling in like third grade now compared to those kids. It's crazy because like, it looks like we're a like high school wrestler, so, yeah. Yeah, and you, you see all these. And now what I really like is the girls' wrestling really starting to take off. I mean, it's just amazing to see the intensity now. And, I mean, the girls' wrestling really starting to take hold. And I know you guys basically back when you wrestled a couple of teams over the last few years, they'd send girls out. And when I wrestled midgets, there were a couple of girls that we wrestled back in the day, and it just didn't feel weird. My older sister, I had four sisters, right? So I'd come home from wrestling practice. My sister, Pat, who's two years older, is a tomboy. She ended up going to the Navy. I used to, in the living room, I was like, you know, putting a, a half on her and turning her over and throwing the armbar in. And she took it, you know. But, so it, but it was still weird, you know, wrestling with your sister. So it's nice to see now that girls are wrestling girls and guys are wrestling the guys. So it's really neat to see how far the sport has come. So now the next level, yeah. what are your goals? Uh, goals, I, they're in the Mid-Atlantic Conference. And uh, to win that, it would be a real good thing. Especially, I'll be wrestling kids like Eric Holderford. He's going to Lock Haven. So a yeah. bunch of rematches and uh so really want to get a feel of college wrestling. I haven't had too much of wrestling that level of competition, so just getting ready for the next step. Well, that would be the neat, you know the great thing Coach Matt did was really step up the schedule and you guys wrestling in the big tournaments and wrestling the St. Ed's and the Wyoming Seminaries and the Beccas and stuff prepare you for that next level. So you're in the MAC and who knows, maybe you'll wrestle Brandon you know, at the NCAAs. That would be great. Yeah, he's got to get a little bit bigger for that. But, you know, <laughs> maybe one day, you never know. Yeah, but yeah that... That would be crazy, though, have like a Darian Cruz, Ethan Lezak thing when they face an NCAA Finals. That would be crazy. Yeah, we, yeah, and like I said, we did their tournaments at, at Valley Elementary, yeah, yeah. so it's really neat to see how they progress to that next level. So great career. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah. Now, Holden, you're a junior, so you, you, you'll be coming back next year, you know, and, and trying to be a repeat state champion. And I know it's too early to put, put this pressure on you now, but you think you're going to feel pressure or just going to go out there and let it fly like you did this year? I think just let it fly. Uh, that's usually my philosophy going out and wrestling. Uh, just letting it all out on the line, just like Coach Matt tells us to do. So, uh, you know, just training like we did this year, I think um, we'll be back on top of the podium.
Now, for you, when you went out to states this year, what was different between this year and last year? Uh, obviously, the crowd, there were people in the stands, but you know, what, what was the biggest difference in terms of in here, in your heart, in your mind? What were you thinking? What was your mindset? I think last year was kind of just uh, kind of like a visual step. Like, I know I can do it. Now, I just have to go out and do it. Uh, I kind of had like a moment with Coach Matt that we always talk about. Um, we kind of just, after the semifinal loss, yeah, you just, guys were sitting in the stands together. Yeah. Yep, sat on the wall, uh, and we didn't really say anything, but um, we kind of knew that like next year was going to be the year, and uh, came with a lot of hard work and determination, but um, ended up working out. You know, I, I, I know a lot of times, and I lost a lot more than I won, you know, but you guys, I mean, you build from losses. That That's the learning experience. You know, they, I was always told, one of my coaches always told me, never consider a loss a loss. It'll be a win down the road because you'll learn so much from that loss. Is that kind of like what that moment was for you last year? Definitely. Um, definitely a lot of watching film and seeing what I did wrong in those matches. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of a mindset uh, just seeing how close those matches were uh, that I lost at States. But um, just knowing that I could go out the next year and do it uh, was a big part of it. And... Um, you know, touching up on little mistakes I might have made as well. We look more aggressive this year. You know, you didn't look as, I don't want to say tentative last year because you put it out there, but you just seemed a little more reserved last year where this year you went out and you just, like, took it to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just um, evolving in my style a little bit, uh, touching up on new things, trying new things at practice. Um, yeah, this year I really just focus on uh, – consistently scoring, constantly scoring, uh, trying new things on the mat, whatever I could do to get points. Now, what do you think? You're going to stay at 160 next year, or you think you're going to like lift over the summer and get bigger and then maybe bump up one or two weight classes? I think I'm definitely going to try and get in the weight room a little bit. The goals uh, for the end of the summer is about 180, so we'll see what I can do from there and maybe cut down a little bit. But uh, anywhere from 160 to 175, I, I could be. So we'll see. Yeah, looking forward to it next year. It'll be a lot of fun. And you'll be one of the leaders next year. You'll be one of the senior leaders on the team, keeping an eye on Aiden and the rest of the guys, you know, and Garrett and, and making that, making sure that they're towing the line. Is that going to be fun for you to be maybe a, a captain or a leader on the team? Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to, um, you know, talk to these guys after practice, tell them how great of a job they're doing, pushing themselves in practice. It's going to be a cool, cool feeling, so it'll be fun. How about if they don't do a great job at practice? I'll be right on them, uh, kicking their butt the next day. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Garrett, now move in here just a little bit because my arms aren't as long as my wife. My wife has, like, the longest arms. She's like Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Something falls behind the couch. She can just, like, reach out. She takes selfies. She's like a, a human selfie stick. It's crazy. <laughs> but for you now, you snuck up for some, you know, on some people this year. And, you know, you came, like, you continued to progress throughout the year. And in the postseason, you really turned it on. I was very proud of you. Yeah, during the postseason, actually, that was probably the best I felt wrestling this year. Because in the beginning, I got a little sick, and it kind of messed me up during, like, Ironman and everything. So I didn't place as good there. But as soon as I got to, like, districts and regions, I started picking it up a lot better. You know, for you, you know, and you go talk about momentum and those kinds of things, and it looked like you fed off of that, you know, districts, regionals, and then states. And it was one of those things where that motivates you because the early part of the season, like, oh, man. That's not what I wanted. And then all of a sudden, 
you start, it starts to click, right? It starts to get, and then you get that confidence, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're on the podium a bunch of times. That that had to be really fun for you. Yeah, it was. For the first time, uh, it was actually the first time I've been out of districts. Because my freshman year, I didn't wrestle districts, and then took a fourth at districts last year. But they only took top two. So be making it to regions and then making it to states was very exciting for me. Now, you're going to be one of the senior leaders also next year. You know, you and, you and Holden have great hairstyles. You guys have all that hair. I'm very jealous. This is what happens when you have a daughter, okay, just so you guys know for the future. So try for sons. But, uh, yeah, so you're going to obviously also take on that senior leadership role yeah. with Holden, right? Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I really want to be partners with Holden next year because he, he helped me a lot this year with practicing with him. Him and Joey really helped me out. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, you always get better wrestling, better competition, whether it's in the practice room, whether it's in a tournament, whether it's at a wrestling club or whatever. And I was going to ask you, you know, when you re did you wrestle with Holden a lot throughout the year, and did that really help you in terms of your growth? Oh, yeah. All the time we would wrestle, but whenever I'd get a point on Holden, I'd have to hold it against him for a couple <laughs> of weeks just because he always beat me out on the mat. So it was always a great time wrestling Holden. Isn't that fun, right, when you're wrestling a guy who's, you know, like cream of the crop and then you take him down or you put him on his back or you catch him and then you got to, like, rub it in a little bit. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The I think it was after Beast, after Holden hurt his ankle, we had a live match go and it was 0-0 going into the third and we ended up tying. I was so happy. I had to brag about it for a couple of weeks <laughs> after that one. No, Holden, did that fuel you a little bit? Have you know, Gareth coming up and taking you, taking you out? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was a fun practice. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It was a fun match. Yeah. yeah, and that's the neat thing about, you know, practices like this, when you guys have those, like, internal competitions and that little bit of, you know, the, the in-practice room rivalry. And then that ends up translating out into the match, you know, because you're thinking back to, oh, you know what, I took down a whole night, sweet single, or I did this or did that, and then you're wrestling a guy with a similar style. Next thing you know, you're getting the job done. Yeah, a lot of the times, Holden helped me mostly on my feet, though, because he was really quick, and whenever I get on a shot, I wouldn't be able to finish. So finally finishing on Holden really helped me out and working it out. Excellent. So remember that name, Garrett Tedimer, next year, senior leader here at Notre Dame of Green Pond. And now one of the senior leaders that's going to be going down to Rutgers, turning himself into a Scarlet Knight from a Crusader to a Scarlet Knight. You still got the, you know, the helmet, you know. So it's going to be fun for you, Brandon Kletzos. And they did Brandon's uh, Valley Elementary Wrestling League uh, tournament finals when we wrestled for Palmer Township. And it's great to see, you know, how, how you really stepped up to you. Obviously, the ultimate goal was a state championship. How good did it feel to finally get that this year? Um, yeah, it was definitely a great feeling, you know. Since I was a little kid, I always kind of came up short in the state tournament. Uh, ever since like middle school, I would lose in the semifinals. So kind of when I uh, won in the semifinals my junior year, but losing in the finals kind of really hurt. But it, at the same time, it was it was a great step in the right direction. And you know, uh, I kind of understood what I need to improve on. And I think throughout the year, I really was able to work on that and uh, really climb the mountain because you know I went from sixth, third, second, first. So it was kind of like a total climb to the top and it was a great feeling to finally accomplish a goal that I mean I would say almost every youth wrestler has you know everyone wants to be a four-time state champ but I mean a lot of that's kind of unrealistic but you know once you get in the high school level it, you really understand what wrestling is at that level and uh, being able to be at the top of that podium finally it's it's a great feeling. You know, I'm sure Coach Matt would agree with me. It's one of those things to see the progression of a wrestler. You know, like you were saying, six, four. 
right up the ladder to the top of the podium, and, and that's the impressive thing. And what always impresses me, too, whether it's the state tournament, district regionals, when a guy loses early and then wrestles back and knocks off five in a row or six in a row and then get, takes third, I mean, that shows you a lot of that intestinal fortitude. You know, people yeah. overuse that word, but it's true to see what that guy really had to do. He dug down, and it shows me and everybody else a lot of character. Yeah, definitely. You know, since I was a little kid, my dad always really uh, – really focused on heart and uh that was like really what he taught me like what an athlete is it, it all comes down to heart you know it all comes down to your desire your will to win and that's just what honestly wrestling is wrestling's people say wrestling is a mindset but it really is a mindset you know if you go out there with the mindset that you're gonna win i'd say 90 percent of the time you're gonna win it, it all depends on your mindset and your your will to win and that's that's basically what it is you know this year i think i really just had the will to win you know i've had in the past but i think this year i really just I, I needed to win. It was no matter what I was going to win. So it's just uh, you really push yourself to that next level and understand what you're capable of, and then you finally uh, accomplish it. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm very fortunate to announce the Lehigh home matches, you know, and, and seeing Jordan Wood, how he progressed over the years. And then this year in the semifinal against uh, Schilt, Colton Schultz, he, I thought he had him in overtime and he was in. But that was one of those willing the takedown. I mean, he was in there and gave it everything he had, that, that heart. You know, you're talking about heart and mindset. And he took him down. But then Schultz, with that Greco-Roman background, was able to trap the head and roll him through and get the takedown. But I was so proud of Jordan, you know, to come back and finish third. And then right up there with Gavin, you know, Steveson and everything else. I mean, that was just impressive. So, yeah, I think a lot of the battles that you go, you know, go through internally fuel you outwardly when you're in these big tournaments and you know a state tournament yeah definitely uh when you look at losses and stuff like that uh like you said you got to take it as kind of a learning lesson um if you look down on a loss and kind of want to feel sorry for yourself you're never going to get better you got to kick yourself in the butt a little bit uh do extra work you know this year uh i was kind of not wrestling close to where i should have been at the in the beginning of the year and you know kind of big matt coach matt kind of kicked me in the butt a little bit and said you know what you need to get your get your butt together. So, you know, I kind of start to do that. And uh, right around the middle of the season, I kind of start saying after practice with Coach Big Matt. And, uh, you know, he got me to where I was at the end of the season. You know, he put in an hour after practice every single day with me in the weight room. And uh, I owe a lot of credit to him for that because, you know, I don't think I would have been at the top of the podium without him. So I really owe a lot to him. But, yeah, it's just that that desire, the heart to win. And, uh, you know, sometimes putting in the extra work is what uh, takes to win a match. So. You know, and I'm blessed to talk to a lot of wrestlers and coaches, and the thing that they talk about primarily is, you know, their teammates, but their support system, home, family, coaches, friends, wrestling partners, things like that. That's so pivotal in terms of, you know, accomplishments and reaching the top of the podium. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, owe, I always owe all my credit to my coaches and my partners and everything like that, you know. Without them, you wouldn't ever be, or without them, I wouldn't ever be where I am today. And uh, uh, especially my partners, you know, they push me in the room. They, even the kids on JV, they don't understand the stuff they do for us, but they do a lot for us. You know, like a kid I started working with, Nino Marici, you know, he's a freshman, he's on the JV team, but, you know, he's going to be on varsity. And, Is that you know, any relation to Frank? Yeah, that's his son, and, you know, he's a Nef tough... Nephew. Oh, nephew. Sorry, sorry, Nino's son. And, you know, he's a, he's a great kid, you know. I love him a lot, and... Uh, I owe a lot to him because I remember one practice, I, you know, I really beat into him, but that kind of helped me understand a pace. And, and they just all really help you little bits and pieces, and they might not understand it, but they truly do. Everyone plays uh, in a role part in uh, getting better. So, you know, 
I owe oh, a lot of credit to everyone else, you know. It's it's not just yourself. Uh, people get you to places, especially your family. They pay for everything. So you got to owe a lot of credit to the people that do the stuff outside the the actual mat for you. Right. You know, when we talk about your family, parents especially, driving you here, taking you here, this hotel, this thing. Evan's mom is like, you know, Chris is like a driving force, you know, and she everything for her son and her daughter and his older brother. I mean, it's just great to see that that parental commitment. Even at the Valley Elementary Wrestling Tournament, you know, there are parents there. You know, some parents, I think, at that age, get a little bit too intense, you know. But but other parents are there to guide the little guys and the little girls, you know, and they're coming off the mat crying. And, you, you know, see a parent take, say, look, you know, it's all part of you. are going to win. You're gonna, and you love to see that. You know, you love to see that support. Yeah, it's awesome to see. You know, it, wrestling really brings you together with people. And uh, it's great. Uh, I mean, I owe a lot to my parents, you know. Ever since I was a little kid, they uh, they brought me to all these tournaments. They spent so much money on me and, you know. I think we probably would have a lot more money if I didn't wrestle. So, um, but uh, I, it's, it's yeah. Awesome. But look at all the money they're saving on the college education. Exactly, but it, it's awesome. Uh, you know, they really they really put in so much uh, so much for you. And uh, you, I really, I'll be honest, I really didn't realize it until kind of after I won, I kind of really sat back or and uh, looked at my uh, career um, as like a kid growing up. And they just put so much in, and now it's kind of like all on me to kind of push myself to that next level and uh, accomplish the goals in the future. Right. Now, for you, Evan, and, and Brandon being the two seniors on the team, how, how tough was, like, the recruiting process and thinking about where you wanted to go to school and what was going to be the best fit and those kinds of things? Uh, yeah, it was pretty tough. You know, you had college coaches calling you, and uh, Coach Matt helped a lot with it because he went through it all. But it really just went down to, like, when we went on our visits, like, how we felt and, like, just relationship with the coaches. But, uh, yeah, it takes time for everything, but, yeah. Did you just know, like in your heart and your gut, did you just know, hey, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to continue my wrestling career? Yeah, like when I was at George Mason, uh, when I was, I did my unofficial visit, and I was like, I liked it and all, but when it was when I went on my official visit and I got to watch them practice, it kind of had the same feels uh, I did with uh, Coach Matt and Big Matt, and like that was basically how I've been wrestling since first grade. So I was like, you know, I'd rather do this for another four or five years. So yeah. Yeah, we'll be down there with Josh Jones then, right? From yeah. Salkin Valley. That Salkin Valley Notre Dame connection will continue. Yeah, I was actually, uh, he's been around like when I was at Weaver Elite and stuff. We, I kind of like the kid. We, we used to wrestle a little bit. So, yeah, I have a good relationship with them now. So. Yeah, the Jones boys, that's a great family, great wrestling family, great people. And for you too, Brandon, how was that recruiting process? Was it kind of distracting at times, or were you able to compartmentalize and put everything into perspective? Um, Definitely in the beginning. I think it was definitely a little stressful. You know, I kind of, I had a decent amount of phone calls the first day and uh, kind of bombards you a little bit and you kind of don't understand where you want to be and where, where you feel like you belong. And uh, I think kind of, I, I kind of dialed it down pretty uh, clearly within the first month and I kind of under, understand it where I want to be. And uh, I think a lot of it involved my family too. I kind of wanted to be close to home right. and I uh, wanted to be close to my friends, my family, everything like that. And uh, once I got on the Rutgers, uh, it just was, it was just a different feeling. And I remember Andrew Cernigli always told me that like once you when you go to the right spot, he said you're always gonna know with a feeling. And uh, when I, when I was there, I just remember that feeling. It just it just felt right. I felt like I was at home. I love the coaches. They're they're great people. You know the team. It's an amazing feeling. So and that's just somewhere where I felt like I belong. I mean my whole family's from Jersey, so I I just love everything about it. I think it's just I always say, it, but it's like the Jersey lifestyle a little bit. It's just I love that feeling. Yeah, and now you'll be wrestling in the Big Ten. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's awesome, you know. We we have the some of the toughest competition here. We uh, go to all these big tournaments, so 
that's kind of what I always strive for is wrestling the best competition, wrestling the best kids in the country because that's, that's what makes wrestling fun when you wrestle the best kids in the country. Uh, it's always a fun match, and at the, in the Big Ten, you're, you're going to have the best match every single match. You don't get an easy match. There's no breaks. It's just it's a great feeling, and I, I always want to compete at the top level, and for me, I personally think the Big Ten is that top level, so I think it's awesome to finally accomplish one of those goals to reach in there now just at performing at that level is what is the next goal. Yeah, it'll be fun to see you when you guys come to Lehigh. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, there's Brandon. So now, Holden, are you getting calls already, or are people reaching out to you? I am a little bit. I, I uh, recently committed to Princeton. You know, it was kind of hard to make a decision, definitely, but um, at the end of the day, Princeton just felt uh, just right, I guess. Uh, felt like it, the right decision, and, uh, you know, it just fell that way. So yeah, You'll be down there with the Stefanik brothers. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, this weekend I'm going to go on an official visit, and uh, Travis is going to be my host. So uh, it'll be pretty neat to get to know him a little bit. But uh, I heard he's a really nice kid and definitely a great wrestler, so it'll be fun. One of my all-time District 11 favorites. He's just the greatest kid, nice family. Nathan, same thing. It's just they're just outstanding young men on the mat and even better off the mat, you know, so that's great. So you did make the commitment to Princeton? I did, yep. Now I just have to uh, get in through the school and uh, officially sign. So okay. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So, Garrett, what about you? Are you, are you starting to eye some colleges and some universities? Um, yeah, I don't really have a, quite a plan yet to where I want to go, but I'm still keeping an eye out and keeping it open to see where I want to go. So. Okay. Aiden, what about you? I know you're younger, but you, you have some – you know, colleges or universities that you're kind of eyeing at this stage in your career? Um, I have a couple colleges that I would love to go to in the future. Um, a couple of those would be Cornell, where one of my teammates, Brett Unger, goes. That'd be a good thing, be his teammate maybe in the future. Um, West Point, I'm really big on, wow. just because I like the – you'll, you'll have a plan after college. Like, you're already set in stone. Um, and Ohio State – I just love their program, how their coaches, the technique that they learn, and really just their attitude that I see on like television. Yeah, good for you guys, Matt. Man, you've done a great job with all these young men, and uh, it, the the greatest part is, you know, to see how they're going to do next year, whether it's here at Notre Dame or at the next level, you know, Division One. But it's got to be rewarding and satisfying for you when you see them academically. I mean, Princeton, Cornell. I mean. It's wonderful. George Mason, Rutgers, it's just got to really make you feel good as a coach and a mentor, not only, you know, lending that to their skills on the mat, but also what they're going to accomplish in the classroom. Of course. Uh, wrestling, we, we talk about wrestling and winning and technique and all that, but there's a bigger picture. These kids know that. So we preach that, hey, one day the sport's going to be over, whether you're injured, whether you graduate, whether you move on, and there's life after wrestling. So to, to kind of prepare these guys to wrestle in college, obviously, you know, competitively with technique and the physicality of everything. But uh, once they're done with that wrestling, you know, to, to get a job, to be uh, – to be, be in a real world and not just only being successful, you know, in your occupation, but being a good family man, being a good person, a good brother. Um, that's the most important thing. And that's kind of what we stress to these guys. Hey, be a, be a nasty wrestler on a mat, man. Just be vicious for those six minutes. But when you step off that mat, you be a gentleman and be respectful because uh, what matters in life, 
I tell these guys is not the gold medals, not the silver medals, not the awards. It's kind of the legacy you leave after the sport, you know, the effect you have on other people. So you can be a great wrestler, but you may not be that great of a person. So, you know, hey, be a great wrestler, be a great person, because the effect that you have on your peers and people around you, that's what they're going to talk about. Hey, I remember Brandon or Evan or Aiden or Holden or Garrett, good kids, you know, they helped me with this in life. And hey, maybe when they're 35 years old, 40, they're going to be coaching. Maybe they'll coach my kids one day. Right. Who knows? And I can tell them stories about, hey, I remember these guys were 17 years old, but that's what we preach. Hey, just be a good kid, you know, leave, the legacy, leave, leave a good legacy in life uh, because that's what people are really going to remember. Yeah, I was a handful as a kid, and wrestling wrestling taught me a lot about discipline, perseverance, building character, you know, pushing through when you didn't want to, when you had to lose weight and you didn't want to. And then after matches, you know, my go-to was always like either pizza or ice cream. So I'm going to close out this podcast asking you guys, I guess, your favorite ice cream, okay? All right, so Evan, you go first. What's your favorite ice cream? I like a mint chocolate chip. Well, my wife would love you. She loves that stuff. How about you, Holden? I like chocolate peanut butter. It's probably my favorite. Ooh, that's good. How about you, Garrett? I like the original vanilla. Garrett. That's not standard. That's all I like. Chocolate syrup on top. Chocolate with sprinkles there on top. There you go. There you go. How about you, Brandon? Uh, I'd probably say I like peanut butter cup, but just like anything that involves a little bit of peanut butter, something like that, I love. Reese's. Yeah, yeah that's right, great. Right, I love right. that. How about you, Aiden? I would say chocolate chip cookie dough. How about you, Matt? I like cherry ice cream. Really? Yeah, my wife always says, hey, I like that cherry. It's weird. I like it. I don't know why. The Bing cherry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like cherry ice cream. So, All right, listen, guys, thank you for taking time out after your school day. I know you're probably going to work out or do homework or go home and eat ice cream or whatever. <laughs> but uh, Coach Matt Beers, Aiden Smith, Brandon Kletzos, Garrett Tedemer, Holden Garcia, Evan Mag, I wish you guys all the best, and I'll be following your high school careers as you guys continue and in your college careers. I really want to thank you guys for giving me the time. It's always a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate everybody's support of my podcast, Takedown Talk. My buddy Kevin Hardy, he helped me come up with this idea a few years ago. So one thing I got to leave you with here, remember, never let 